Thanks for listening to Mosaic, a Jesus-centered communities podcast. Our goal is to help people experience a Jesus-centered life. You can find out more about us at welcometomosaic.info. We invite you to subscribe to this podcast as well as rate and review it so others can hear it as well. Enjoy the message. And this morning we're going to be talking about radical generosity. And uh, so when we say radical generosity, this is what we mean. So um, it'll be up here on the screen that you guys can, can follow it. And uh, here it is. We follow a generous God. And so we choose to be generous people. The life and teaching of Jesus drives us to live and give as he did. And we're going to be talking about that um, this morning. But before we jump in, um, I would love to just to take a second um, to gather ourselves, uh, to center um, in on Jesus and settle our hearts um, before we dive into the text this morning. So would you guys pray with me? God, thank you. Uh, thank you for the gift it has been to serve at the Rock and Mosaic. Um, it has been an absolute privilege and honor. And God, thank you for working through my family. Thank you for working through the church to impact my family. Um, God, I, I just pray for this morning um, as we dive into your word um, that we wouldn't just hear some nice things and be encouraged to God, but that we um, would, would help these truths move from our head to our heart, um, things that, that we know. Um, God, help us to, to live them out, to live differently, to be radically generous um, with our lives, God. I pray that as I speak, it would be your words coming out of my mouth, not my own, that you would be present, that your spirit would be moving here this morning, and that we would leave here more like you. God, we love you. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Um, so here's the deal. I'll be honest with you guys. I, uh, I drift towards what is easier, okay? Um, that's human nature. Most of us do. Um, if we're going to prepare a meal, uh, we could spend a lot of time and money and energy uh, to like uh, craft and make this healthy meal, have a kale salad, maybe some salmon, right? Oh, super delicious. Um, but we opt for what is easier. That's why fast food chains just blow up. Um, pizza on speed dial, get that hot and ready. We drift towards what is easier, right? All the time. I, I do it. I, I know I should get up in the morning and should go to the gym and I should work out. It's good for my health. But the bed is so cozy and so warm, and I'm just going to hit snooze a couple more times, right? Or I, I have some time, spare time in the afternoon or the evening, and, uh, and I could pull out a book or listen to a podcast or even read the Bible, practice silence and solitude, spend some time in prayer. I could do all of these things. I could choose what is better, but I opt for what is easier, right? We pull out our cell phones, um, we watch TV. It's just easier. It's in our DNA as humans to opt for what is easier. Can any of you guys relate to, to me today? I don't think I'm alone in this. I, I think many of us, we drift towards what is easier over what is better. We, we choose the path of least resistance, but I'd argue that a lot of times choosing what is easy can lead to our undoing and can really impact us in negative ways. In fact, most of the time, if we choose what is easy over what is better, it impacts us in, 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 in not good ways. And, and so we're, we're gonna, this morning, look at the life of, 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 of Jesus, but through the book of Hebrews. And we're gonna see Jesus, who, who came to this earth, he chose what is better over what is easier. In fact, time and time again, we see Jesus, if you read the Gospels, we see him choose the, what is more difficult. 
He goes, you know what, I'm not gonna choose what is easy, I'm gonna choose what is better. And this morning we are going to be um, looking at a passage um, in the book of Hebrews, and uh, we don't really know who the author of Hebrews is. Um, scholars debate uh, back and forth who the author is, um, but they do believe that the, the author of Hebrews had a relationship with apostles um, and most likely um, spent some time with Jesus. And, and we don't know who the recipient is. We don't know who this book was written to, but we do know from reading it that the audience um, had Jewish background. They understood the traditions. They understood the culture. They understood um, the systems and the sacrifices of the Jewish culture, uh, but they also had a relationship um, with Jesus. Uh, they, they have cho- chosen to follow Jesus. And, uh, and we're going to see here um, in the text this morning in Hebrews um, chapter 10, which you guys can start to open there, that the book has been setting up, this is the life of Jesus. This is what he has done. He is our great high priest. He has sacrificed himself for us. And this is what he calls those who follow him to do. And what he's going to call us to do um, is the better thing. It's not the easy thing. In fact, uh, what I'm going to be talking about this morning, it might not be revolutionary for you. You might go, oh yeah, obviously, but it's hard in practice for us to follow through and do what God is calling us to do. So we're going to be in Hebrews chapter 10, and uh, I'm going to read verses 19 through 25, and uh, just to give you guys some context, and then we're going to linger and, and really settle into verses 24 and 25 today. So Hebrews chapter 10, uh, verses 19, you guys can pull out your Bibles. I, I'd encourage you guys, bring these to church with you. Bring a pen, circle, underline, write notes. Um, if you have the version app, uh, download that, open that up, or you can follow along on the screen, uh, but really engage um, with uh, what is being talked about, okay? Um, Hebrews chapter 10, We're going to start in verse 19 and read through 25. It says this. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain that is his body, and since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day approaching. Okay, this passage, you can even see the language. They, they have a context. They understand that the systems and the sacrifices, that Jesus is the great high priest, that he has atoned for our sins, that he has covered the gap. He died on the cross. He rose from the grave. He paid the ultimate sacrifice. And because of what Jesus did for us, this is how we should respond. And the author gives a threefold response, three answers. And each phrase, if you've noticed, begins with the word let us. Let us, let us, let us. Okay, and all this talk about lettuce has me really hungry. Um, I could go for some lettuce. I know, dad jokes. I'm a dad. I gotta go for those, all right? Um, threefold response of lettuce, okay? I know, now it's gonna sound like lettuce every time I say it. Uh, let us draw near in faith. Okay, this is drawing near in faith in God, towards God, okay? He is the curtain. There's no longer a curtain we can draw into his presence, okay? Let us draw near to God in faith. The second one is let us hold on in hope. Let us hold on in hope. And this is for ourselves, for our benefit, that we 
can hold on to the truth that he who promised is faithful, that he will come through us, through for us. And the third one is let us spur on towards love and good deeds. Three times, let us. And, and did you notice that it was hold on in faith, in hope, in love? Three major themes that are in the Bible that the author of this text is challenging us to do. Let us let us draw near in faith, let us hold on in hope, and let us uh, spur on in love. Now, this morning, we're gonna linger um, in, in the third. That would be a great three-part series, and I wish I could break down each one for you today, um, but for time's sake, we are gonna linger in the third one. Let us spur up in love, okay? And I wanna read it one more time just to, just to get a fresh lens before we dive into it. Um, Hebrews chapter 24 uh, verses, or yeah, chapter 10, verses 24 through 25. It says this. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day approaching. Let us consider how to spur on one another, okay? The first word that popped off the page to me is let us consider. Let us consider, or another way to say this is let us fix our attention on, give our thoughts to. In fact, our, our minds determine our actions. Where we give our minds, our feet follow. In fact, one of the, the, the first sermon series that Pastor Jeff did when he came um, to this church was eight words and talking about the renewing of our mind and think on these things. And he broke down each of the words and, 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 and we, we did this series because our minds are really important. Where our minds go, actions follow. And so the author of this text is challenging us, let us consider, let us fix our mind, Let's, let us think deeply on ways to, to spur on towards love and good deeds. Another way to say spur on is, uh, is stir up. Some translations say stir up. Um, and, and these kind of sound like, gen- oh, spur on and, and, and stir up. But another way to say this too is provoke, okay? Let us prod, push, challenge. Let us think of ways to make each other better towards love and good deeds. Let us challenge, this is an an emphatic phrase, let us spur on, let us stir up, let us provoke each other towards love and good deeds. And the word love there, we've talked about a lot in past series, um, is the Greek word agape. There's multiple words in the Greek um, for the word love, and this Greek word is this unconditional, sacrificial love towards one another. Going, it, it, it's not gonna benefit me. It, it might even come at great cost to me, but I'm gonna give up myself to love those around me. So let us give thought to ways that we can stir up, we can spur on, we can provoke each other towards love and good deeds. Um, back in high school, I, uh, we had a pool in our home and uh, it wasn't in our home, it was in our backyard, but um, <laughs> that'd be kind of sweet. Um, but it was uh, above ground and below ground. It was like a foot above ground, and then it was like three feet below ground pool, uh, about three to four feet deep. And uh, it was kind of an oval. And, you know, high school boys, we would get crazy and come up with all sorts of games and things that we would do in the pool. And uh, one of the things that we liked to do is we would hop in the pool, and, uh, and we would begin to run in the same direction around the pool. 
And, uh, and it was fun because it was like, all right, let's get cranking. And we would run and run. And, and after a lap or two, we could really get the water moving um, in a certain direction. In fact, even if, in your, if you're in the pool, like my sister or someone else, and, uh, and they were in the pool, like our actions started to impact them um, in a major way because it was just the waters were getting crazy and we were making a ruckus. And, uh, and what we would do too um, is if we had family members or friends there and they weren't joining in, we were like, get in the pool, help us out, you know, because it, it, was, it was challenging. Running in water is a lot harder than running on land. I don't know if you know this, there's a lot of resistance um, to it, but the more that you do it, the more that you head in that same direction, um, the water, it begins to make waves and it begins to change the atmosphere. And I think the author is challenging us in this text that we need to hop in the pool. We need to start following Jesus who, who demonstrated what we're supposed to do who considered, gave thought to, stir up or challenge or spur on others towards love and good deeds. He demonstrated that for us. He's leading us and he calls us to do the same, to jump in the pool. And so I wanna highlight two really simple things um, that you guys can do this morning from the text. The first thing you need to do is we need to show up. Say show up. We need to show up. In fact, I want to read it in verse 26. It says this, or 25, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day approaching. If you don't get in the pool, it doesn't make a difference. If you stay on the sidelines or if you're inconsistent, we need to be present. We need to give the gift of our presence. Proximity matters, church. And this is to us because of what Jesus did for us, he calls us to live this way, to show up, to be consistent, to be all in, to jump into the pool and begin to make a difference. We need to show up. We need to intentionally prioritize community. We need each other. I don't know if you've realized that over the last couple of years. We need each other big time. And yet our natural tendency is to opt for what is easy. What is better? Show up. Be present. Give the gift of your presence. See people. Put away your phones and look people in the eye. Get to know them. Don't just come to church and just, you know, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna chill in the seats and, and be distracted. Like, show up. Be here, be present, be consistent. It's a problem back then and it's a problem today as some are in the habit of doing. Ah, I don't feel like it. Ah, it doesn't conflict with my schedule. The author is saying, you need to show up, not even for yourself, but the benefit of other people and that is living radically generous lives. Another way to say this in this translation is, is forsake the gathering. Don't forsake gathering. It's the same word that is used as Jesus hung on the cross in agony and he cries out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? This is a strong statement. The communion between the son and the father was broken. And he's saying, we need to value each other. We need to show up. We need to give the gift of our presence. But doing that is not enough. It's incomplete. You guys can come here on a Sunday. You can show up. 
You can sit in the seat, you can check a box, you can hop in the pool with your floaties and eliminate and be like, this is nice, you know? I, I don't really, I, that wasn't my favorite song. Um, I, the pastors don't do X, Y, and Z, and you're just kind of lounging and, and you show up to events and you show up to things that are fun and, and we have this consumer mindset. It's all about me and my comfort. But that's not what the author is challenging us to do, to live radically generous lives. We need to show up. And then the second thing, we need to stir up or spur on. We need to show up and we need to stir up. It's not enough just to be in the pool. It's time to get the pool moving, to make waves. We need to show up and then we need to take steps as Jesus took steps to follow his lead, to stir up towards love and good deeds. And that's what he calls us to, to live radically generous lives. We need to show up and we need to stir up. I want you guys to write this down. Living a radically generous life is choosing what is better over what is easier. And what is better is showing up and stirring up. If we are going to live radically generous lives, we need to choose what is better. We drift towards what is easy. What is comfortable? I want to lounge. I want to float. I want to do the easy thing. But Jesus didn't do that, and he doesn't. He calls us to so much more, to a life of flourishing and thriving. But Jesus came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. He calls us to do the same. And I've, I've seen this in my own life, people that have jumped in the pool and made waves, people that showed up in my life and began to stir up. And it impacted me. It made a difference in my life. They lived a radically generous life. They chose what is better over what is easy. When I first showed up to um, The Rock, it was 2012, um, kind of got connected here. And uh, there was someone that really showed up for me. And uh, sitting over there, Mark Mogul. Um, this is awesome. Uh, he, uh, we started gathering together on a weekly basis, and uh, he just showed up. And we would, uh, the, the places changed at first. It was a Starbucks and some other places. And then we finally landed on, on Chick-fil-A. He'd get the burrito. I'd get the chicken minis. And uh, um, we would sit there, and uh, we, sometimes we'd cover books. Uh, he'd challenge me to read scriptures. Um, sometimes we'd just talk, talk about the Pac-12, talk about all sorts of things. I'm talking about family, relationships. Um, what he did was better. It wasn't easy. It cost him time, energy, money, effort, but he showed up and then he stirred up. And the more that we spent time together there, it was cool because we were there for a long time and uh, we became regulars and they were like, you guys are the best. And, uh, and we knew the employees. And, and the more that I spent time with Mark, um, the more I realized the life that he lives is radically generous. The pace at which he moves, he sees people, he values them. Uh, he just has a knack to uh, turn conversations um, to the things of God, um, but not in like a manipulative way. Like I see you, but I also see a need in you and I wanna share this need with you. Um, he, he, he saw things that other people don't see because we're just too busy. Um, he chose what is better over what is easy. And it helped me become a better friend, a better husband, 
a better pastor, a better employee. I was challenged, I was stirred up because he showed up in my life and then he provoked me, pushed me, challenged me to be a loving, gracious person towards those around me. Now, if Mark didn't jump in the pool, I wouldn't have been impacted. My life wouldn't have been any different at all. If he hopped in the pool and he showed up on a Sunday and he was chilling, soaking up some rays, like my life wouldn't have been different. If he just come to church, leave, not talk to anyone, not talk to me, my life wouldn't have been different. But he showed up and then he began to stir up and challenge me to live a radically generous life. It cost him a lot, but it was, man, I'm so thankful. So thank you, Mark. I love you and I appreciate you. And this isn't like an isolated incident here. Um, Pastor Jeff kind of mentioned it, but um, the day that I found out my dad had um, brain cancer, um, I was supposed to preach that Sunday. Um, Came into the office, didn't know what to do. So I was like, I'm just gonna do normal. (laughs) So um, went and sat at my desk and uh, Word document opened, just that little cursor blinking and I was just frozen, overcome with emotion. I was just like, I don't know what to do. And uh, one of the pastors on staff at the time came into my office and heard about what happened. And uh, his name is Chris Kopp. And he just said, hey, you know what? Um, I'm sorry. You know, I love you. Um, uh, I'm going to take that off your plate. I'm going to preach for you this Sunday. Um, You should just go home and, and be with your wife and your family and um, so I did and got a phone call later on and um, I, I believe it was the elders. I, I could be fuzzy on that, but um, they were like, we want you just to go. Um, go be with your dad as he comes out of surgery. Uh, be with your mom, your sister. And uh, so me and Harper at the time and, and Whitney, we hopped on a fl- plane and, and, and flew out to Washington. Um, that wasn't easy. It was better. Uh, they chose to live radically generous lives and it impacted me. It stirred me up towards love and good deeds. Uh, Later that winter, um, we had a miscarriage and uh, just another blow, um, heartbreak, uh, overcome with emotion and and we're at our house and and hear a knock on the door and two of our students, um, Matt and Andrew Tracy, um, showed up just with a bunch of stuff from Costco, like just random huge boxes of things. They were just like, wow. uh, it wasn't easy, it was better. In that moment, they lived radically generous lives with this agape love saying, there's nothing in it for us, we just want to love on you right now. And it stirred us up. Uh, fast forward to that March, um, my dad was days left. Um, there wasn't much time. And uh, Adrian Colley and Jeff Bell drove down and uh, took me out to breakfast and just gave me the gift of showing up of being present, and we shared a meal, and they prayed, and they encouraged me, and prayed for my family. That was radical. It wasn't easy. It was better, and they chose to practice radical generosity. And I I could stand up here all day and share story after story after story of ways and people who have shown up for me and my family and stirred us up, spurred us on, provoked us, gave us a renewed sense of a vision and passion and excitement 
to do what, we're, what, what we've been called to do. For my wife, Jody Lewis, Don Powell, Beth Roberts have intentionally loved on my wife and challenged her and pushed her and helped her grow. That wasn't easy. It was better to live a radically generous life. Uh, Brianna Doran, one of our uh, students that grew up in the ministry, it's like go-to babysitter um, when we need it. Um, we, uh, we were stuck at the airport a couple weeks ago. Southwest is oh, it ridiculous. And uh, she sat at the airport for hours. Um, we called her prematurely. And uh, we're like, we're still in line to like figure out what's going on. And she just sat there. That's agape love. She didn't choose what was easy. She chose what is better to live a radically generous life. Uh, Mike McComb, um, you'd sit down with me before I got up here on the stage and, and just workshop ideas and, uh, and help me grow as a communicator. And then after the fact, you know, sit me down and, and, and give me some insights of how I can improve and, and, and grow in, in this craft. Um, thank you. That was not easy. That was better. You chose to live radically generous life, so thank you. Story after story after story. The, uh, my wife has a heart to serve, and she wants to, to serve with me on youth nights to all the people who watched our kids so that she could be available to love on the, the kids in this community. Um, thank you. That wasn't easy. It was better to live a radically generous life. And I, I could stand up here and mention so many other times um, but I, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for showing up in my family's life over the years. Um, thank you for stirring us up towards love and good deeds. Um, just caring about us and challenging us and encouraging us to continue on. And uh, we're so grateful for that. Now, sometimes we think in our minds that radical generosity, it needs to be like this extreme, expensive, grandiose gesture that we need to make. And sometimes we can do that, and that's awesome. But I'd argue we need to just show up and stir up one small step at a time because a lot of times the small things can make a huge difference. You hop in the pool, it doesn't feel like a lot's happening, but a lot is happening, and you're changing the atmosphere in other people's lives by showing up and stirring up. Simple things like looking at other people in the eye and saying, I value you, I care about you, I'm gonna be present in this moment. That is radically generous. It's not easy, we're distracted. We opt for what is easy, but God calls us to what is better. I have a folder in my office that I pulled out this week and I'll pull it out from time to time of all of the notes and encouragements from parents and, and students that I've saved over the years. And I'll pull them out and begin to look through them in those moments I'm stirred up, I'm spurred on towards love and good deeds. I, I leave that time with a renewed sense of vision and passion and excitement. Like, it, it, is, it is worth it. We are making a difference. That took time. That, it seems, that seems easy, but it's not. It's simple, but it's not easy because you have to interrupt what you have going on. You have to go to the store and buy a card for a buck 99 and you have to take time to intentionally write kind words and then deliver it to that person. That is radical generosity. To show up, to stir up towards love and good deeds. Choose what is better over what is easy. And you guys have done that in my life, for my family, and I just wanna say thank you. Our, our heart is overwhelmed with gratitude for all the people that have showed up 
and stirred us up. But I'm not here just to say thank you. I'm here to challenge you to carry on. If, if Mosaic is your church, it's time to show up. If you're here once a week, it's time to start showing up and being here more faithfully. It is time for us to make waves, to hop into the pool, to follow the direction of our Savior Jesus who demonstrated this for us, the ultimate life of radical generosity and then calls us to do the same, to show up and to stir up. We're gonna have um, a couple more songs and here's my challenge for you today. I want you to write down one way, start with one, one step that you can show up and that you can stir up someone else towards love and good deeds. Think, brainstorm, what is one thing? Write it down in your phone, set a reminder, and go do it today. It's time, church, for us to follow the leading of our Savior and to live radically generous lives. Because imagine, imagine, imagine if we took this seriously. If we began to follow the leading of Jesus and to live radically generous, the atmosphere of this pool is about to change because we show up, we stir up, we care about each other, we fight for each other, we understand that the person to our left and to our right is going through some hard stuff. And I can choose what is easy and keep it all superficial or I can choose what is better. I could go home, I could turn on the game, that's easy. I can invite another family to come join us to watch a game, that is better. It's time, church, for us to live radically generous lives. We need each other. God calls us to it. Let us spur on, think deeply, consider. So I'm asking you to consider ways that you are gonna stir up, spur on, provoke one another towards love and good deeds. Because time is short. God's coming back someday. And if we take this seriously, oh man, can you imagine what this ex local expression called mosaic, how beautiful this could be? How life can be like, I cannot wait to get to Sunday because I get to be around these people that are challenging me. They're showing up. They're stirring me up towards love and good deeds. Imagine. So let's do that. Let's live radically generous lives to choose what is better over what is easy to show up and to stir up. I wanna pray a blessing over you guys as we move into this next time of worship. God, thank you for this church. Thank you for this challenge, this call that is laid out in Hebrews chapter 10. God, let that be a marker of this church. Let that define us, people that show up, that hop in the pool, begin to make waves that challenge each other, that believe the best in each other, that push each other towards love and good deeds. God, we thank you so much for how you have demonstrated that for us, and now we just want to follow in your footsteps. Let us live in obedience to you and to your scriptures. God, we love you. In your name we pray, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We invite you to connect with us. If you'd like to give to this ministry, you can do so at welcometomosaic.com slash give. Have a great week.